Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your other host, Daniel Colborn. And today's episode is brought to you by YouTube. YouTube. What's up, YouTube? Thank you for sponsoring the show, YouTube. Oh, we love you, too. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, developers, users. Listeners. We are putting out our first episode on YouTube um, because they sponsored the show. Yeah. Yeah. So Good thing this it wasn't is... Vimeo. Right. I know. Yeah. So glad. So glad. Um, so this episode is going to go up on YouTube and we just did something really fun because Daniel and I, our goal in life is to not ever edit this show anymore. Yeah. Like we, we don't. We, I ever. learned a whole programming language about that goal. <laughs> yeah. Right. We, uh, yeah. So, I mean, for real though, like every episode you listen to, I don't edit it at all. Actually. I, I just line up our voices with and we like we record at the same exact time so we don't have to line up like waveforms or anything and i just line it up when the audio when the intro starts in my editing program and then drag in the outro to the end and hit export and we're good to go so we're like well if we're gonna put this on youtube like we can't increase our editing workload at all because this is just you know how we do so we just tried this thing we just came up with where i hit like record on zoom and then we played the audio over sharing my screen to the listener on YouTube, which will go in the video. And then we both hit our record audio at the same exact time. Um, whatever. Long story short, it's going to be two different edits, you know, right? Like, like I don't know how to them, explain this well. Neither of them will require additional work. Exactly. The Zoom video, right. it just comes out of the press ready to go onto YouTube. Right. It should just have the intro music in it because we just played it live. Yeah. And then the audio is the exact same amount of work it was before. Yep. And there is a, a theoretical world where using audio hijack set up correctly, like we could actually just not edit at all. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty interesting. With, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess where well, all the only you would have to do, you would still need to line up the, our two tracks. Right. But right? then like my track would but have. But then you wouldn't need to line up the music or anything because we could use the music. We could record the music live. If we're already doing yeah. that for the video, we could do it for the audio too. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. So I, mean, I should stop my, my sound share because it's just taking bandwidth and we're not using it anymore. Right. 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 So I'm going to stop that. Hopefully nothing blows up. I don't uh, think it will. Yeah. And then in the future when I, I can export the outro music and then play that yeah. for the outro. For the live Zoom call. Because right yeah, now we're going to so be this, queuing outro music to silence. Yeah. It's just I, yeah, I guess there's not going to be any outro music for this episode on, on YouTube. Yep. But, you know, so, that gives us something to build up to next week. Come back next week to hear the outro music. Yep. Um, I, I thought of a good, like, ad for drawing our audience to YouTube, uh -huh. which doesn't matter. Like, I, we don't actually care. You don't, we're not pressure. You know, officially, like... We don't give a crap wherever yeah, you listen to this. Even unofficially, I don't give a crap. Yeah, right. Even unofficially, you don't. I don't. Okay. And uh, so I thought, like, wouldn't a good ad for YouTube be, like, I show you the most mind-blowing thing in the world, and we just talk about it. Yes. But, you like, you know, no, you just react to it. So, um, yes, I have the most mind-blowing thing Oh, this is great. I can't wait to ever. react to it. Oh, uh, dude, that is mind-blowing. My mind is blown. I I'd like to show you something as well. In addition Please to that, do. you ready okay. for this? Yep. Oh, he moved. We're, I won't say any more. That's incredible. What I'm watching live right now. 
All right, this has been Visual Gags with Daniel and Caleb. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, audio listeners. Aren't you mad you missed out on that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So, Daniel. How you doing, bud? I'm doing really well. That's great. That's what I like to hear. Yep. How are you, bud? Doing just fine. Oh, hey, I got a fun one. Just a super quick, like, random thing. Okay. Okay. This is called the Intermediate Axis Theorem, maybe? You ever heard of that? Yep. Really? Yep. No. Is This has to do with isosceles triangles, right? No. Oh. How embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Yep. Maybe I was thinking of the base angle theorem. So, Daniel, take yeah. your phone right now. Sure. And Or a deck of cards. Deck of cards works, too. Um, disappointed you don't have the deck of cards. Yeah, well... Well, whatever. Okay. So your goal with this phone is to hold it in front of you like the long way, like you normally would, like you're texting somebody and holding it flat. And you can use two hands, like you're texting with two hands or something and try to flip it and have it do like a full 360 degree turn without turning at all, without like turning on its whatever side. So like do an impossible with my phone. Yeah. Do an impossible with, with your phone. Exactly. And like Um, attempt it. And I can use, I'll give you like a hundred dollars if you do it right now. Well, yeah, you can two, use two hands. Two hands to flip it. Okay. Yeah. I, I it is possible with two hands. It's more possible. It did turn once. Okay. Yeah. It, want, it wants to turn. Yeah. It wants to turn. So, like, turns out this is incredibly difficult mm-hmm. to not have your phone turn. Which makes sense because even the slightest imbalanced force gets amplified because of the centrifugal force. Yeah, because of, I guess, like, I don't even have the, the best way to understand, uh, to describe it. That's probably the better way to describe it. But, like, any object that has three axes, axis, mm-hmm. axes, um, so, like, the deck of cards or the phone, you can turn, like, sideways like this, and it's stable. Like, if you, you know, flip your phone sideways a bunch, like, it's totally stable to do that. Also, if you flip it on its side a bunch, it's totally stable and it'll do that. Mm-hmm. So the intermediate axis that's competing with both of those stable axes is unstable. So yeah, it's like a teeter-totter. Um, so there's a bunch of cool like examples, like on the space station, they like, you can like, there's this video of a guy. This is when they discovered it. Oh, I've I seen think. this and it flips up and down and up and down. Yeah, and up, it's whatever ridiculous. It is. What is it? It's He's be- flipping? Uh, it's just some like knob that's screwed into the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he unscrews it out of the wall and, and it, it starts goes, spinning like you'd think it would, but then it flips and it keeps spinning. Then it flips and it yeah. looks like supernatural. Um, and that's because of this. And you can replicate that on Earth with like certain objects, you know. What um, else? I think you were. I think the thing that I'm vaguely recalling was the intermediate base angle theorem, mm. which has to do with isosceles triangles. Give it to me, bro. Um, it basically means. I think it it's basically that like if you take any isosceles triangle and draw a line down the middle of it, like bisecting yep. it, yep, um, and bisecting the base of it, yep, then you are guaranteed that the two base angles add are equal. Um, where where does it, so we have an isosceles triangle which which means what? I don't even remember. I think yes, isosceles just, I think difficult. that's what literally what isosceles means is that the two base angles are the same. Okay. So that gotcha. Okay. So, not, right. so an isosceles triangle can be like really thin and really pointy or really fat. And, or really fat, but these okay. two angles are the same. Right. And so you're saying if I draw a horizontal line, like let's say down the middle for now. Yeah. 
So then the I think, two base angles. I think it, it actually guarantees that like those two base angles add up to something. Or something like that. I remember if, it, if the line I, is straight. Hmm. I remember so I did geometry at like a very small school. Okay. Uh, in a tiny class. It was like a missionary school because my parents are missionaries. So there's yeah. like six people studying geometry with me. Mm-hmm. And most of my geometry homework was like proofs. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember geometry, but like you have to prove shit constantly. Yeah, for sure. And so I would go to this Starbucks. It was like the new Starbucks in our neighborhood. Like we didn't have a Starbucks before this. In Japan? In Japan. Okay. And so we got a Starbucks and I would go to Starbucks and do proofs for like five hours on the weekends because it was like mm-hmm. all of the math homework I hadn't done all week. Mm-hmm. And then I would go on like Saturday and buy like four coffees and just like do five hours of math homework. Um, and I got so into geometry. Like I was obsessed with these proofs cause I got really good at them mm-hmm. and no one else cared. And I was like the only one in the class who like actually enjoyed the proofs. Nice. Um, but it's very much like, uh, like programming, right? Where it's like, if you have like a little tested function, yep. You can just use that function inside of other functions. Mm. And if all of your functions are tested, like if you unit test all of the functions and they produce the thing that you expect, then you can just like write, you can like write a larger like integration test. You can compose proofs proofs with other proofs. Exactly. Proofs are composable. And that's that's like the coolest thing about geometry or and and other math that does proofs. But like most people get exposed to it in geometry because that's what like they teach in high school. Dude, oh, that's good, man. Yeah. That's good. I've recently thought of proofs as a perfect example of something that I think is taught poorly mm-hmm. because when you're taught it, it's like taught in the reverse way. You're like, it's just another chapter, you know, in your textbook. It's another like unit during mm-hmm. the year where they're like, or the heading is proofs, you know, right. and you're like, oh, here's another thing with a name that I have to learn and take a test and whatever. Well, and, and you, but I, it's, think, I think also something that, makes proofs worse as a learning experience is that you get yelled at your whole math career as a child to like show your work show your work show your work Mm. and it feels like you're just entering a chapter called show your work where oh yeah someone is saying like you have to prove this for arbitrary reasons because i told you so yep and you're like why i don't want to it just but doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem like a cool, fun problem and like totally different than any of the math you've ever done before. It doesn't seem even like rational. Like yeah. it doesn't seem useful at all. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, so you want like, yes, I've shown you my work. You want me to just do it in steps mm-hmm. with, you know, some nomenclature I have to mem- memorize, you know. Right. But it and it just seems like this weird thing. And I remember it like I could pass the test because I just learned how to do the thing. Yeah. But it didn't make sense to me until like older Caleb likes you know is like digging into like research and stuff like that and mm-hmm. um and whatever and like that's that's the foundation of of math is is you know proofs and like they're really important but you you're not taught like from that standpoint so like what would be a what how would how could we teach proofs to a geometry student in a better way so my gut says like you want to start with like the question of like, so ultimately this is philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and proofs are metaphysics, right? Like logic, like, uh, like that kind of thing. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. metaphysics is all about like logic and like proving things and figuring yeah. out what is 
and how it is, you know? Yep. But I would say you start with an epistemological argument, which is how do we know what we know, right? So mm-hmm. I would say you start and you're like, okay, congratulations, welcome to ninth grade. Like, you have been taught arithmetic and algebra and, like, all these other, like, weird normal math up until this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, every math you've ever done has just been like, here's a problem, tell me the answer, right? Yeah. Based on some rules that I, the teacher, taught you. Like, tell me the answer. Now, here's the question. Why are those rules true? And how do we know that they're true? And how would we know if a new rule that wanted to be entered into math was true or not, right? What if there was a drastically simpler way to do the math that you've been doing all along, but you just weren't 100% sure that it always worked, right? It seems like it works almost all of the time, but how can we prove whether it actually works all of the time? Because if we could do that, that would enable us to do all of the math that we've been doing our entire math career as little kids in a way simpler, way easier way that would, you know, that would allow us to do things faster, easier, with less, less headache, blah, 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 right? Now, how, and then you just need to come up with an example, right? And so, like, a great example would be, like, um, I don't know. I can't think of a great example right now. I mean, it, like, could be, it could be something absurd, like 10 shoe 5 equals 60. Sure. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, like, and then you just prove one thing. And then you say, like, great, now for the rest of my life, I can use this rule knowing that it's that it works. And if anyone ever calls me on it or if a teacher ever gives me a bad grade because I didn't show work, I can be like, oh, no, 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 it's proven. It's in the official archive of proved things. So now I can just use this thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, like, that's... to me, it's like it's about building an arsenal of things that you know for sure. Right? And it's about like increasing your the number of things in which you have absolute certainty. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wonder how, like if that would even, com- if that would be compelling to, yeah, like if I, not. you know, set a student down and just said like, prove to me that, um, that a squared plus B squared equals C squared. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. prove, prove to me. Yeah. Prove that to me. And you can't just do the math up with a bunch of different numbers to show me that it works in all these scenarios, you yeah. know, unless you can do, that computation infinite times yeah then you have to prove to me some other way and then i'm sure the kid would be like baffled and like well what do you mean how would i do that yeah and then maybe you would walk them through you know or maybe you start from the ground yeah but maybe like you that, say i think like, that would maybe you give them that one plus or that you know one plus one equals two and two plus two equals four mm. right like you mm-hmm. give them that like x plus x equals two x or something right yeah and then you ask them to prove from that that like x times x equals x squared or something like that, right? Yep. And yeah. I don't know if you can actually prove that with that. Right. But like, <laughs> the thing is, I don't really know proof. So but like, if it's you hard could, to... like that would be a really good example is like, what is four times four? And they're like 16. And you're like, why? How do you know? Prove it to me, right? Yeah. And all they have is like, I learned that four times four was 16. And I've memorized that now. Because I learned multiplication tables in fifth grade or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yep. like, I think it breaking, would be a good exercise yeah. to add into it. It would be like, like you could do it. You could make it like um, you're not allowed. Like 
you you could even teach proofs probably with something completely non-math but like mm -hmm. in math let's say you, it's almost like legos like you give them like uh the shoe proof is mm -hmm. x plus x equals 2x the mm -hmm. uh whatever ball proof is this and then you like you have to be like now only using those objects yeah you have to construct uh a squared plus b squared equals c squared and what would be like really that. cool is like you give them a couple of examples where they have all of the things necessary to prove it mm -hmm. and then you give them one example where they have all but one thing necessary yeah. to prove it and it's something that they intellectually know to be true but they don't have a proof for mm. you know yep. and then like then you have an opportunity to talk about like the famous unproved theorems and stuff which i think mm. is like the most interesting thing in math is that there are these theorems that we know uh, are true yeah like, we are almost like absolutely positive that these things are true they, they're true in every scenario we've ever used them in right yep and like some of them like people are basing real life engineering on this math being true right but we can't prove them and there are some of them which we believe have been proved by now dead mathematicians whose notebooks burned up in a fire or whatever mm. and so there are these big giant prizes in math for these theorems which we know to be true seeking a proof and if you get it you get a million dollars you know and it's like yep. just to prove this thing because then that finishes the chain because we've got if this is true we've got all these other proofs that are necessarily true because this is the only missing link in yeah. the chain you know yep so like i feel like that would be like a really interesting thing and kids always like to hear about a million dollars yeah um, that that would be a fantastic place to start or at least to like close to start yes um that would be that's a great point that that like uh i forget what movie it was you'll, you'll be able to help me i think um i don't know like life of pi or or like um the something machine or something. Or one of those where like yeah. the protagonist is from india and is just insanely good at math mm -hmm. and i think ends up in oxford or something but the the struggle is that like the person is an intuitive mathematician right you know so like kind of lazy like you know doesn't get um doesn't get the accolades they should because he doesn't have the rigor the like mm -hmm. mathematic rigor to like do the proofs for the stuff he's doing yeah you know even though he knows like at least dramatically in the movie like i know it works like trust mm -hmm. me and it does work and i know it and i can see it but i can't you know do the right whatever i forget what movie that was I don't it's think like I've an obvious one because um, there's like I, the three big math so life of pi is great that's not really a math movie it's like a numerology yeah. movie but um yeah it's not life of pi because that he's on a boat for most of the movie no that's life right? aquatic no you're thinking of the no. life aquatic with steve zisu no i know that one too that's in a submarine he's definitely on a boat for most of the movie life of pi the, he's in life like of pi, new york city oh sorry i'm thinking of what am i thinking of Oh, I'm thinking of the movie Pi. American Pie. No, I'm thinking of just the movie like the symbol Pi. <laughs> okay. Which is like about like a guy who looks into the sun and goes crazy. And then he found, finds like a code of numbers and like Kabbalah and stuff around him. It's weird. Okay. Um, yeah. Go watch yeah. Pi. If you haven't seen Pi, it's a super okay, creepy, right. weird movie. Okay. So yeah, that's what's up. And it, so watching that like maybe just like dude put when we have our math class just play that movie 
as yeah. the start of the chapter because uh-huh. it's a good movie. I don't even know the movie, but I know it's good. And uh, there you go. But I mean, there is a risk then that you play that movie and then all of the students side with the guy yeah, who doesn't like, do proofs. Why and do we like, have Fuck to do proofs? proofs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Kids are just like seeing stuff. And yeah. like, but it's in my mind. <laughs> That's good. Uh, You're right. Definitely oh, not a good idea. Dude, by the way. Um, so, you know, the whole like show your work thing is mostly like to prove that you didn't just like look up the answers or get it with someone, get them from someone or whatever, Certainly. you know, yeah. um, zoom classes and stuff online. It's like people cheating hard these days for sure. Right. Mm. Like school is getting cheated at for sure. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Charlotte just started a new class online that she's taking. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made her install this shit on her computer. It is evil spyware. Spy evil spyware on her computer called the Lockdown Browser. And it is okay. a browser yep. that does browser things, which okay. obviously are a hundred percent monitored constantly while it's open. Yeah. Um by your teacher or whoever. Yeah. In addition to that, it enables your webcam. So it monitors you through your webcam and your microphone. So it monitors you through your microphone. At the beginning of taking the quiz, you have to stand up with your computer and do a 360 to show the room that you're in to show that you don't have like a whiteboard with notes on it or whatever in your room. And then you have to provide a voice sample, like reading certain things so they can do voice analysis on you so that they can hear if there are like a third party voice talking in the room with you, mm. like giving you answers. Right. Isn't that fucked? Can't, can't their mom like just walk into the room after they do that with cue cards? Yeah. Well, no, no. They also do eye tracking. So they make sure oh that you're not consistently gosh. looking off in a certain direction. Dude, this is wild. Isn't that fucked? Wow. So anyway, I was it's mad crazy. and I was like this close from being like, would you like to learn about virtual box? Um, well, it's not it's for her students right like not for her no it's for her so she's oh. taking a class oh at the local college um and ah, you so, want to hook her up with a vm so that yeah like, so i'm like your other window has in, all the answers let's put you in a virtual machine for sure right uh turns out oops my laptop doesn't have a webcam you just disable you just don't give the vm a webcam hmm. right and it's like what do you yeah, get? Right. you tell me i can't take a class because i don't have a macbook like get out of here um so like it's discrimination yeah exactly so oops my my laptop doesn't have a webcam um you can easily like hardware mute the microphone of the vm so it doesn't have access to your audio yeah like you could just like pipe in well i don't know if you could do that with the vm but i don't know like just, they oh, monitor yeah, you could just pipe in camera audio hijack video. or something you could just pipe in fake camera video like looped yeah. camera video of you just sitting there working yeah yeah yeah, dude, you should hack this. Hard. I mean, we definitely could. Like, <laughs> that's the thing is like, come on. Like, how this isn't even that secure. Like, I'm a dumb, 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 and I could fucking hack your system. Like, come on. I, I, I don't like necessarily take issue with that, though. I feel like that's that's fair game for for oh, education. Like, yeah, if they give it to you, like, I should be able to bypass it and that should all be good. No, no, I, I'm saying that, like, I don't think it's necessarily evil that they're having people do that. I think it is because, like, what about the uh, the obviously incoming data breach where everyone's, like, voice samples and video of the inside of their house and all this stuff just gets leaked 
by some stupid company that's like holding it somewhere to make sure that you didn't cheat on your geometry test, you know? I suppose, but I mean, there's so many other, th- yeah, I don't know. I Why guess that's, you do like a little bit I thought of, you were more just saying like ethically, like, like invasive or something. I, well, I, I do. I do think of that because like you have to give this thing root privileges for it to lock because you also, it also stops you from opening other applications and stuff. Oh, wow. Right? It like totally locks down your computer. And while yeah. it's open, every other op- application is closed. You lose mm-hmm. the ability to alt tab. You lose the ability to like command space. Like all it's of crazy. your Mac features go away. And it's just like yeah. you're a fully locked down computer. Like I don't want that. Like I barely want Dropbox on my computer. No, you I know? get you. Like, I, I thought don't... you were saying that like it's in. it's like, I mean, invasive, not in technical terms. Like, yeah. Whatever. But. But in technical, yeah, sure. Like, who would yeah, want to install that like, on well, a computer? It's, like, for sure. it's a thing that already has permission to turn on my webcam, already has permission to do, like, to close apps and control applications and monitor all sorts of crazy shit on my computer. Like, yep. it's like a perfect framework for spyware. All that it takes is, like, some dumb dumb over there gets hacked, and then this person just has spyware on millions of students' computers, you know? For sure. Yeah. Dude, there's like a, it. I think we talked about this. I have two two tangent references off of your topic. Sure. There's a YouTube channel that so Mark Rober did a, a his like um package glitter yeah. thing. Did you see the latest yep. one? Yep. And the, the the guy the YouTuber that he that he pairs up with, teams up with that guy who like spends his days like um exposing spammers, you know? Did you just oh, catch that? Oh, I part? didn't see the fo- that was the follow up video, right? Um, I don't know Wasn't if he did the follow-up video? video yet. It there is. <sighs> I think he teased that, but like did he, he teased actually... the follow-up video in a follow-up video. But the follow-up video, I guess, is going to take a long time because they're on this like manhunt that's taking them around the world. <laughs> okay, great, great. Because it's just insane. But I started watching this guy's YouTube channel, Jim uh-huh. Something. You would be is all it the dude, guy who would be oh, is all it the guy who it. like uh who like goes on Twitch and then like calls scammers and then like shows them their own U- webcam or whatever. Maybe. I mean, the one that I watched... Yeah, I like, stop me if we already talked about Kip this on the something. show. Is it Kip oh. something? And he wears, like, sunglasses and he like, talks like an old lady? No. Okay. No. Um, th- this guy, like, he'll, he'll you know, bait himself. He'll mm-hmm. he'll get hacked or he'll, you know, sign up for some sp- a scam. Mm-hmm. And they'll, he'll get on the phone with these people and then they'll have him screen share his computer with like team yeah, viewer and he has or something like a fake va- fake bank account and all this other stuff well so he well what they do okay so this is what he does they connect with him through the screen sharing thing i dude i feel like we talked about this yeah, on the no show. i've seen people do this for sure but did we talk about this on the I show i don't think we've talked about it on the show okay great so he, either he's a genius and has some like hacky crazy like thing to hack uh team viewer or whatever or he's just like uh knows some feature that everybody can use uh-huh. that opens a like a reverse uh, screen control so there they can see and control his screen but you can also can see and control, control their screen so he like as a side note he scours their computers for lists of their of, of their targets and all this stuff and he's like a black dark knight whatever mm-hmm. um, which is really cool but he'll be on the call getting scammed and then usually they run multiple scams at the same time so he'll right. now be but like observing them scamming another person and he'll even see the screen share of that other person yeah and they use this tech, this technique that is like so funny because we're web developers. They literally open up dev tools on their targets machines, right? And so change their, yeah, and change their bank account numbers. So like the the scam that I saw was like 
he made the screen go dark for the person and the person's like wait my my screen went dark whatever and they're like uh hold on we're reconnecting the connection must just be bad and while that's happening they're opening up dev tools and they're changing just the numbers in their bank account the mm-hmm. balances to be more money so it looks like they received a bunch of money mm-hmm. so they'll be like and then they'll like unblock and be like okay we, the deposit went through but we accidentally deposited an extra six thousand dollars like we need this money back like yeah i don't know why this happened and yeah Yeah, so like they so then he tries to wire them the correct amount and whatever and it's this whole thing it ends up taking him literally the guy ends up like running to a convenience store to buy like visa gift cards Uh to send to this guy for because they're just scamming him so hard Mm -hmm. and then like right when he's putting his credit card in the the guy that the who has the youtube channel is calling him on the phone and being like I know you're confused right now. I know you're panic. I know you're panicked. Do not buy those cards. Trust me. Do not buy those cards. You're being scammed. Oh, that's He's like, crazy. But I only have five minutes. I have to do this. He's yeah, like, yeah. no, no, no. Trust me. You do not. I saw my bank account. He's like, yeah. I know this seems crazy. Open you it have on the to app on your me. phone. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was freaking wild. And he's got a ton of these videos. Yeah, they're great. Uh, I don't think it's the same guy that we're talking about, but I've seen those types of videos before. One of my favorite ones is... Uh, there's a guy who has a fake bank web app on his okay. computer. Mm-hmm. And so like when they say like, okay, now go log into your bank. He mm-hmm. like logs into his like locally hosted fake bank web app. Um, okay. And so. Oh, then... is he scamming banks? No, 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 no. no. So this okay. is, the, this is the, the honeypot guy. Okay. The Twitch streamer, YouTuber guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha, bank gotcha. Yeah, sick. Awesome. Web app on his computer. Gotcha. And so they, the scammer says, okay, now go la- log into your bank. So he now goes and logs into his bank and then the scammers like transfer money out of his bank account. Yeah. Like by controlling his computer. Yeah. And then um, like it shows that it's successful. It shows that it's pending and they're, like they're all excited. Um, whatever. It's it's great. But then one of the craziest ones I saw was like they demanded like a Google Play Store gift cards or something. Yeah. Same thing here. And so then he like gets them all. But then he actually just like uh, redeems them on the Google Play Store in front of these people. While they're watching. And it's like $2,000 of Google Play Store yeah. gift cards or something crazy like that. And the guy's mm-hmm. like freaking out on the other end of the phone. You love That's to see awesome. it. You love to see it. I love to. Mm. Here's the other tangent on the original topic of like them spying on Charlotte while she's taking the test. Yes. This would never ever happen, but just it's kind of a fun thing. This was a, I think, a Veritasium YouTube video mm-hmm. where the I think the title's like, "Can we? Can you get? Can you extract audio from only video?" Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, I thought I, I watched the video because I thought, oh, he's gonna like encode audio somehow into the video, you know, stream, whatever. You know what I mean? Like right. how how does, you can like does encode he do stuff things in, with like, like in, vibrations, like detecting yeah, vibrations? Yeah, exactly. I've seen this so, stuff. It's wild. Yeah. So you so like in theory. If, you know, Charlotte had a high enough, like, uh, frame rate camera, they could detect the vibrations in, like, her hair and literally recreate the audio of you telling her the answers. Yeah. Wild. Totally insane. Absolutely. That is crazy. Being able to take a video of, like, something going on inside a soundproof room Mm -hmm. and extracting the audio from it Mm -hmm. based on, like, like like, a chip bag. Yeah. on the table it's that crazy. vibrates you know well there's um there are like remote listening spy devices that um 
that you can set up to focus on the window of a building okay that will like no pick way. up the vibration of the window panes and give you like listening to like what's going on inside and this is like these are like these types of things are like the craziest hack like there are proof of concepts for them i don't think anyone's actually doing them yeah uh -huh. it's sort of like the like electric like picking up the electromagnetic frequency of your monitor from far away which you can theoretically do like you what can theoretically well like di so different led diodes put out like different amounts of electromagnetic radiation when sure. like different colors output different. yeah like any just because of color right and so, like, beca well, because, like, colors are, like, lower wavelengths if they're blue and higher wavelengths if they're red, yep. right? So, like... I think it's reversed, but go on. Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Longer wavelengths. Sure. Go on. Yeah, sorry. The, um, you could theoretically, like, there's some way that you could, like, pick, take, like, an electromagnetic um, signature of, like, all the radiation coming off of a screen. Yeah. And, like, track changes in that over time to, like, figure out what is going on on the screen. That's um, wild. And so that's another one that you can theoretically do without direct access to the computer. Right. And so, like, these are all these, this class of attacks that people are interested in of, like, of, like, how would you attack, like, an air-gapped computer. Like, it's a computer that you don't, you can't have physical mm. access to and it's not yeah. on a network. Like, how would right. you attack this computer? And these are always interesting to me, like these types of things. Like one of the ways for data ex exfiltration on those computers that I've heard mm -hmm. of, which is really crazy, is um, I've heard of attacks where people will actually make the hard drive. So if you have a spinning hard drive, yep. they'll actually make the hard drive spin in a way that uses, that creates like almost like Morse code so that you could have a microphone listening to the hard drive and you could exfiltrate data incredibly slowly by, uh, by like using creating like an audio code from the sound of the hard drive spinning. But the hard drive is rigged in such a way, or yeah, literally so it's like, like it's like if I got malware onto this computer, yeah, but I didn't, yeah, yeah. Ha I don't have physical access to the computer, and right. it's not connected and you to can't a network. Ha hack some sort of like um, speaker or something. Right, exactly. So there the isn't computer. a speaker and there's no monitor. Like it's just a, yeah. a random server. Somewhere. Right, 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 right. Oh, you could damn, theoretically dude. like make the hard drive spin in such right. a way that you could exfiltrate data using Morse code or something like that. That is bonkers. Yeah, it's nuts. That's crazy. Or so like I, I, I really like those <laughs> you kinds could just of make attacks. The disc tray like going like in those and out, theoretical like... attacks where it's yeah. like, like I don't. I would be insanely surprised if anyone's ever actually used one of these attacks in an attack. Right. There's always yeah. an easier way mm -hmm. than actually doing these, but like, yeah, we have guns. So right, yeah. It, at a certain point, you just walk in with a guy with a gun and <laughs> yeah. say, like, "Give me the data." Um, but uh, but they're just so interesting. Like, I don't know. I really like them. It reminds me of space, like how the how we can't go to distant stars, mm -hmm. so we have to just get like super reverse engineering with electromagnetic radiation. Yeah, to figure out like we, you know, it's like science, like you could read like what the sun is made out of. We've never taken a sample of the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, we know the elements that are in like, like nebulas thousands of light years away because of, of the, mag the electromagnetic radiation. Yeah. And like the and color the of like, light, 
like what yeah. color is the light coming off of this thing that tells us like what sorts of elements are in it based on like what right. burns at what temperature and not based on that it's based on this is the crazy part that i'm not gonna be able to explain well yeah. but different elements like absorb light in steps ah it's really weird like i'm not gonna be able to do this justice but you can like if you look at the the radiation coming off of a of like let's say like titanium versus chrome or something right like it reflects in steps it's really hard to describe like lower frequencies like i'm not gonna be able to do it but that's basically how we know for sure diff what things are made out of is yeah i can't explain it well i should come back once i know how to explain it okay Dude, it's you, crazy. you need to watch. Have you seen the new Werner Herzog documentary? No. Do you know who Werner Herzog is? I know the name. Okay, so Werner Herzog or Maybe Werner. Because he has a new documentary. Werner Herzog is like a uh, do- famous documentary director. Um, yeah, yeah. He uh, <laughs> He's the guy with, he did the, Grizzly Man. with the voice. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you seen yeah. Grizzly cool. Man? For sure. Yeah, Grizzly Man is like the best. But anyway, yeah. I love Werner Herzog. And he's in uh, he's in Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's Word, okay. he's like one of my favorite dudes. Um, yeah. The thing I love about Werner Herzog is he has a completely like he is a nihilist for sure. Okay. Right. He believes nothing matters. He believes like life is pointless and futile, and like every individual person's choices make no difference in the grand scheme of things. Yep. And yet he is like a huge fan of people you know like he's hugely into people and like very optimistic about humankind Hmm. he's just pretty pessimistic about any individual person right and so he makes these documentaries and he can't he never fails to include like one or two like weird little editorial positions of his that are like about like nothing matters or whatever but they're so funny the way he does them. I so in this one, it's called Fireball Visitors from Fireball Visitors from Darker Worlds, and it's an entire documentary about meteorites and mm. going back to like like the black stone of Islam that is like in Mecca that everyone goes to visit, which is mm. definitely a meteorite from like pre-Muhammad that was already an important meteorite to a bunch yeah. of people. And then yeah. when Islam started, it was like incorporated as like an Islamic thing. Yeah. Um, all the way back to like the rock that killed the dinosaurs to like people who collect micrometeorites now. And like mm. the the fact that like almost all religions have like some really important meteorite involved stuff, you oh, know, cool. and yeah. like it's just it's very interesting. It's a really, really great documentary. But there's this one moment that is just the most Werner Herzog moment where he's like. Even the dogs, <laughs> it's like, even the dogs in this small town are too simple-minded to understand that seventy-five percent of all species have already gone extinct. It's like, apropos of nothing, it doesn't have <laughs> anything to do with anything he's saying. He just got a shot of some dogs and wanted to let you know that these dogs are stupid. And so they don't know that 75% of all species have already gone extinct. Now back to interviewing the scientist about a meteorite. It's great. You need to watch the documentary. It's very good. It's very beautiful. 
And, like, you just get some of those Werner Herzog gems where he just says some, like, crazy buckwild shit in the middle of it. I'll have to check it out. You got to. I, I feel like I was just watching something about a meteorite impact or how they... Something along those lines of how they've, like... How archaeologists have found, like, lots of human bones from different eras, like, in the meteorite crater. Like, um, I don't know. Oh, maybe weird. for religious reasons or something, or maybe they, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I did learn yesterday that like, why are meteorite impacts always circular? Because mm-hmm. asteroids are not circles, you know, mm-hmm. they're not spheres and even on the moon. And so they, we would, you know, like test the atom bombs in Nevada and whatnot, create these, these perfect circles um, from, you know, atom bombs. And you would think, but the, the impact of the atom bomb, they used them like to train people for the moon landing Yeah. because they're just like the the um the whatever the craters on the moon and the reason that the atom bomb and so they could actually use like what the atom bomb did to the earth to to basically mirror and verify other craters as left over from a meteorite because the meteorite like enters the earth but it's so hot it's like multiple kilometers per second mm-hmm. that it like melts a bunch of stuff and then all the heat builds up and then there's an explosion outward so it's not like it just like displaces all of this earth. Mm-hmm. It's that it like cuts through the earth and, and then, then all the heat creates explosion. a massive explosion. Gotcha. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of fascinating. It is. So on meteorites, there you go. Yeah. But I definitely got to watch this documentary. There is a lot of meteorite stuff in this documentary. It's pretty cool. Did you know that there's people who sit up 24 uh, seven with telescope, like a giant observatory telescope? And they, they like work 24-7 shifts, just like keeping an eye out, making sure that there's not a meteorite about to hit the earth. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that makes sense. So that's funny. Are these people like, like there's, there's all the like asteroids that we know about. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between, is it like, is, is it like it's a asteroid? Meteor, it's a meteorite once it enters the atmosphere. Right. But what's the difference between like a meteor and an asteroid? Is it just. I think it's a like meteor a, once it enters the atmosphere. And then what's a meteorite? It's just a smaller Touchdown. meteor. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. No. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. Difference between... Meteor and meteorite. Uh, it, difference between meteor and fireball is number two when you type in difference between. Okay. Um, meteor and meteorite. Um, meteoroids enter Earth's atmosphere at a high speed and burn up. The fireballs or shooting stars are called meteors. When a meteoroid survives a trip through the atmosphere and hits the ground, it's called a meteorite. Okay. So it's a, it's a meteor before it hits the atmosphere. Then it's an oid while it's in the atmosphere in the undetermined state of whether it's going to make it or not. And then if it does make it to the earth, it becomes an ite. Yeah, I think it's meteoroid, then meteor, then meteorite. Oh, I see. So difference between meteoroid and asteroid is asteroid is the large body in space in orbit around the sun. Meteoroid are much smaller rocks or particles in orbit around the sun. Okay, whatever. I think meteors are just, meteoroids are smaller than asteroids. Okay. Whatever. So what were we talking about? <laughs> One of these. Oh, oh. So is this observatory guy like I'm thinking there's lots of space guys who are tracking all the all the traveling things. Right. right. And, so, you know, mapping their trajectories. Mm-hmm. But then these guys are like the in case we don't like catch one. So like, you just got to watch out. So th- there's like interesting things that they're looking at. Right. But, like, there's a lot of stuff in the solar system, 
right? Yep. We've got mm-hmm. like a Kuiper belt. We've got all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. And we've got stuff outside of the solar system that's kind of headed towards the solar system, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to be basically be able to uh, like prioritize like things that are kind of headed our way and are big enough that they could do something to us, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's lots of people looking at lots of things, but these are the people who like catalog them in a list of things that could theoretically be threats to earth and like which ones are most realistic which ones are closest which you know yeah and do all of that so when they see a new thing that like meets their criteria and it's interesting how much of this process is manual like a lot of it's automated right Mm -hmm. so they basically take like four frame videos so they take like four Mm -hmm. shots of these things and Mm -hmm. based on that have enough information about speed and trajectory and stuff to like Interesting. Figure out where it's going. And wow. but like their automated detection only like doesn't like catches some false positives. So they actually have like a guy whose job is to like go through all of these like four frame groupings and be like, is this actually moving towards us or not? Um, but they interviewed that guy and Charlotte was immediately like, I trust him. He seems diligent. Really? Okay. <laughs> Which is cool. He just wakes up every morning in Hawaii and like looked at looks at it you know that's crazy it's uh it was crazy like the i think the oort cloud is the word for like the outermost layer of our solar system that is loaded with all these you know very long orbiting things that we don't even know are in orbit because maybe we've never observed them in our entire written history or whatever like comets come from the oort cloud i think mm-hmm. they're just on this like massive elliptical orbit around the sun so they only like come near us Everyone's every so life. often and so the Oort cloud is like the outer bound of all the things elliptical orbit so there's mm-hmm. all this crap that like yeah just, we like just space super jump. unpredictable that yeah. we may have never seen that's just going to come flying towards us yeah yeah it's pretty wild yeah that's pretty wild yep 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 yep, yep. while yep. we're just youtube tangenting mm-hmm. this guy you're describing who just like wakes up and stares at this guy to make sure that <laughs> there's like a um, so there's the guy who wakes up and checks the work. Oh, of the he's guy different. He's there. like a work from home guy. Okay. And then there's these two people who they interviewed who work the night shift together. It's like an old man and like a woman in her like mid thirties. Okay. And they're like the duo who sits up all night in Hawaii watching the sky. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. In this, there's a similar vignette in this like little video that we're making here of a guy in like Pacific Northwest who sits for 12 hours a day mm-hmm. next to a river, fairly small river and watches over a little herd of steelhead fish What in this little pool because it's a spot that like if, Basically, they tried to restrict it from fishermen and everything because it's like the safe haven for steelhead when they're coming in from the ocean. Right, right. And it just gets overfished. And then when they banned fishing, it got like poached and they couldn't prevent it because it's literally this hole mm-hmm. of the best steelhead in the world. And like 200 of them that you could just like you could just, probably like yeah. reach in with a, you know, a thing. So he just took it upon himself to be like, so he just only sits out work there with a shotgun a- or whatever and just like he, make sure he just sits out there with like a book he'll like be reading a book or just notes he just writes notes about the steelhead oh my god and he sits there for 12 hours a day in his little tent on the bank he's got a tent and he has a house like not a house he has a trailer 
like a little bit up up ways and he, this is, is what like he's done easy for like tent? ridiculous amount of time or is it What's like a, is it like a camping tent or is it like an easy up tent with a chair under it it's like a tarp type deal like it looks like, like a, like a little outpost yeah sort of yeah and he's just got a desk with you know a chair and a pen and a book and like and a stall at a farmer's market kind of yeah yeah yep that's and he does it every day yeah that's awesome for, okay gotcha yeah. Yeah, yeah isn't that wild it's great I love it. Just like took it upon himself so to be the protector there of the steelhead. And, and so what What does he do when people come a fishing? He just tells them to move on? Yeah, probably. And, and people come, you can observe it. So there's, it's like on a path. Like people come and just like hang out and talk to him. He has a dog. That's cool. But and yeah. So has he ever had like confrontations where people try know. and fish anyway? And he has to like he get brolic with them? He didn't mention it in the video. Oh. Yep. I think it's one of those like Patagonia videos. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's like sponsored content. Like really nice looking, beautiful. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like wearing a fleece the whole time. <sighs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> but he's not that guy, so maybe it's not. Yeah. What kind but of guy yeah. is he? Um, a Werner Herzog type guy. Okay, he's an old German man who doesn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Dick. Yeah. So that's you know that's what we got. Yeah. State of JS decal. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? What? How many people have heard of Alpine? Oh, I don't know. Do you, so you don't have results back yet. Oh, I think so. I I don't actually. I, the only thing that I've looked at is the picture that shows all the JavaScript frameworks and their little like lines. Oh, I haven't even seen that. Oh, you haven't. So I filled out the form. I said that I had heard of Alpine, but okay. I haven't seen results yet. How do you see the th- state of JS is awesome, but man, it's like. Yeah, what's going on? Pretty here? involved. Like, I, okay, you can hit view results. Where's All right, view results? so technologies. It's a big button on the page. And then front-end frameworks. Yeah, so there's like the big the big main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow, look at this. This is nuts. Dude, people really don't like Ember. <laughs> yeah, no, Ember is on like, same with people Angular. Look at Angular. Ember and Angular. Everybody hates Angular. And stimulus. <laughs> Where's Alpine on here? They don't hate stimulus, but they don't love it. Um, it's number four in the big rankings thing. Oh, I don't see the big rankings. No, bro. Wait. Uh, Gross. Front-end framework, JavaScript frameworks. Yeah, front-end frameworks. And then right at the top, front end rankings. Frame. Smell it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 82% is like yep. the number. Whatever that means. Yeah. Yo, view is at 85, dog. Yeah, You're dude. at 82. Yeah. So I don't know what, like, I, you know, I, I know a lot I don't of know metrics. know what that are, number is made out of. Our vanity? Well, it says satisfaction, interest, usage, and awareness. So I think they're trying to, like, you know, like maybe I have like 100% satisfaction mm-hmm. because like 10 people use Alpine, you know, and love it. No, but awareness um, is in there too. Which no, means I know. enough people yeah. are aware of it that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, I kind of thought that was wild. Like, yeah, this you're more this loved little than JavaScript stimulus. project is like, well, that's yeah. This uh, <laughs> this uh, I don't know. This little project is like number four on the thing. So yeah, I'm choosing cool. to I'm choosing to be flattered by. Yeah, it. Are you gonna make a website for it now or or what? So that's the thing. It's <laughs> like, how did this thing get on here? Like, without a website, what place would it be in if it had a website? <laughs> What if Alpine J? Do you own AlpineJS.com? 
No. Just can you buy it before we put this out? So I've super duper lagged on the domain name uh-huh. thing. So I've just been like blocking it out of my brain because it makes me so sad that I let the thing get popular before buying the domain name like an idiot. Yeah. But I did pick up one that I think will be satisfactory. It's uh, alpinejs.dev. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah. I feel like it's good enough. Is alpine.dev I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'll double check though, because that would be great. And if we launch this and then somebody else buys it, alpine.dev. Wouldn't that be baller if it was available? Yeah. There's no way though. There's no way it's taken. Psh. But, uh, you know, alpine.online is available for 1400 bucks. Alpine Online. Done deal. It rhymes. Alpine Online. Gotta do it. Got to do it. But yeah, Got that's pretty cool. State of JS, you're 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 up there. So if you go interest, you go lower. Less people are interested. Mm, yeah. L- way less people. So usage, it's way down there. Wait, how are you doing this? So if you if you that? look at the, oh cool, you can. Yeah. Oh, so the but first awareness. one's only showing satisfaction. Okay, so satisfaction. So the people oh. who do use it love it. Right, 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 right. Interest is low. Interest is low. Still higher than stimulus. <laughs> That's Good. all that matters. Good. <laughs> Usage is 3%. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, tiny. Usage is 3%. Um, stimulus is 1%. You're beating so stimulus. That's literally all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. Lit elements, 5%. Ember's 11. Okay. How is it? Um, it's so crazy that 80% of the people who filled out this survey have used React. It's wild. React really tells like you who's so getting this survey vastly king in this space well did you see the whole tweet let me just look at awareness 100 percent. okay so alpine comes up above lit element in awareness i've never heard of lit element so um, that's probably why okay it's like a custom web elements framework okay um daniel sir daniel daniel sir oh so somebody tweeted out the creator of preact mm-hmm. forget his name he tweeted out um he did like his own study to wait to to like properly no to properly uh like observe the bias baked into the state of js survey uh-huh so he like analyzed tweets from everybody recommending on twitter to take the state of js survey uh-huh and then weighted those recommendations by their closeness to the framework and their popularity interesting and so with this data he created a map and react is like far and away the bias far yeah the mo- like so state of js got hyped by far the most by, by react, react people by people who are involved with with react core um right. yes and so not just like how many people shared this but like you know how many and so you can see the bias and so alpine's bias is not that far below like view js right, uh, right because i think i tweeted out about it mm-hmm. um but then like preact is really low because he said like i chose this year to not even mention state of js mm-hmm um so it and then so evan is like talking about it and like yeah this is interesting he evan recognizes the bias of course of course but but his thing is like it's a double-edged sword thing it's one of those like a you're torn between it because if you don't engage you want to put your sample set you want to increase the sample size by sharing it with more people right and representing your thing in the thing right and if you don't, it might not get represented, which right, was, right. which is biased in itself. Right, right. But if you share it, like you're now introducing your own like Twitter fame bias. That's crazy. 
It's crazy that you have more awareness than stimulus. That is pretty crazy. I agree. That's the so one. That, sort of that's sh- the one that surprises me. Right? Like I sure I get that you would have like more interest than stimulus, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's like yep. an editorial decision. That's like okay, I'm aware of both of these things, but I'm interested in this one over this one, right? Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. like awareness has nothing to do with the quality of the thing. Mm. Yeah, as much as it like, has to do with yeah, just like, I've heard of that. Yeah, and like I feel like everyone's heard of stimulus. Yep, but no, but I guess not. Yeah, and like apparently everyone's heard of Alpine compared to stimulus. You know, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is heavily weighted. Um, where the like against backend developers. Yeah, so it's I imagine like. You know, if, th- if there was more backend right, tech Caleb, included now in the we have Rails a really, community, we have a really here. important question to ask ourselves: Is the possible hypothetical? What are your interest and awareness numbers if you don't do JS Nation Live? Oh, I don't <laughs> think honestly. I don't, dude. You're joking, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, for the listener, I did a thing where they told we did a whole me episode that there would be twenty five thousand twenty five thousand live listeners viewers there were like 300 so yeah wasn't that um yeah JS i mean Nation, i'm sure not so live. i bet tailwind ui has a has a pretty good tailwind ui has definitely got some help of, um of you had some clout. good podcast appearances and stuff where you the changelog changelog yeah. podcast probably helped a lot yeah um, and then didn't you who else someone else wrote you up somewhere oh i smashing, mean Alpine, they did you had a smashing, smashing thing, magazine did yeah. an alpine article and uh yeah so I think I think this is a message to me that like this like okay it's time like it's time to take Alpine seriously it's time to take it to the next level like yeah. I take it seriously but you know yeah but take to, marketing like, of Alpine seriously exactly like actually market it more have than just heard, saying I built we, it do we know yet whether the shop talk showed people know about Alpine they do they do have they talked about I'm it I'm pretty sure that they've talked about it and somebody sent me a link to it. Cause that's like so big. If you got on Shop Talk Show, then like you've like realized it would be all cool of your to own like dreams. Get on and talk to them for yeah. sure. That would be the most baller thing in the world. Like Jake, Jake Bennett. What sent were we like nineteen or twenty or whatever when we started listening? Twenty maybe twenty one. When we like Shop Talk Show was like, yeah, that's that's the the bee's yeah, knees. It was like the show. Yeah. The only it was probably the only podcast I listened to right. for forever. And we just I like even... entered into the world of programming. We're like, let's listen to Chris Coyer and. Uh, yeah. Dave, another guy, Dave Rupert. Rupert from Paravel. Yep. Um, or Paravel? Yeah, Paravel. Yeah. Um, can't be, but I know what you're talking about Dave Rupert. Let's just search Dave Rupert. Um, yeah. What's his shop? Yeah, Paravel. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. I thought our Laravel involvement biased us. Laravel being Care Paravel. Care Paravel. But hey, everyone likes know. Narnia. Yeah, would you look at it? I would look at it. Give it so the yeah, that would be fun. Jake Bennett sent me today that uh, the changelog just posted a big article about the petal, 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 petal stack, Phoenix Elixir, Tailwind, Alpine Live View. Ooh, cool. Um, and anyway, so yeah, so I see these references, dude. I get like, I see a lot of like view and react articles on my phone, like the Google news feed. Mm-hmm. And the, and occasionally I see an Alpine article Yeah, and it's just like, I'll just be scrolling like tech articles and it'll be like 
something something in Alpine JS, and I'll be like, oh wow, yeah. Someone and I saw I, my first live and wire it's like one. Someone you but, don't know about wrote something about oh, your yeah. thing. Yeah. And so occasionally I I look at the um the uh the Alpine. So what's his name? Hugo. He does the Alpine newsletter. Hugo. And he so I try to look at it, and so I looked at it today, and Taiwan's gold card. They're like employment card, gold mm-hmm. card. Um, the website uses Alpine and Taylor. Hey, let's Alpine go, baby. So anyway, there's all these things that I've like learned that like, oh my gosh, a ton of people. Well, we we put this podcast on Transistor FM. Yeah. The whole thing is built with Alpine. It's great. Like it's a, I think it's a Rails and Alpine site. You truly love to see it. Um, And it feels freaking great. Yeah. So anyway, it's just well, like a reminder really to me. We have talked like, about our Transistor switch, but like now that we're off Simplecast, like let's take a moment to, talk shit about simplecast man they really let that platform go it used to be so good back when it was simple and then they let were like let's it got so bad let's put a bunch of react on the page and like make it like a terrible spa that like isn't good and is also just badly organized and not designed in a logical way and like so we're gonna add this new tab called audience that does nothing useful instead of just having the good old analytics tab on each episode anyway they changed the design of the site they changed the ui of the site is just so bad and like somewhere in the middle they also changed like the logins so that like your old logins didn't work you didn't have to deal with this i don't think caleb but i did and it was terrible um yeah because i kept my i never switched yes and like and so i my building livewire podcast is on Simplecast uh-huh. and it's a delight because it's Simplecast 1.0. Oh, you still have it. I still have it. I love it. The goose that laid the golden egg. Yeah, it's like, what in the world were they thinking? And like, why in the world have they not completely undone everything they did and gone right. back? It's like rare that they something must be hemorrhaging users, right? Bad. They have to be. I don't know, or maybe like, I don't know. It's so bad. Yeah, and I, it's so bad that I told my wife about it, like. A couple weeks ago, I'm trying to remember what the context was, Mm -hmm. but I think I needed an example of something that just like went horribly wrong and is horrible now. (laughs) And I told her like, so, and I explained to her, but so simple cast, but like, there's so much to talk about here, but the biggest one to me, I think there's like some concrete usability problems. Like before you could fill out the whole form, drag your audio to the upload thing, whatever, before it uploads and hit like be done. And then it'll like upload and publish for you. With this new Simplecast, you have to wait for the upload before you can to press then the button. To save it, right? And you can't publish it until the audio is processed, which is so stupid. So you have to wait on this page until your audio right. is done being Instead processed. Instead of like uploading, to pressing publish, publish when finished, and then going exactly. out to dinner. Yes. Yeah. So that's which, really stupid. If we know one thing about Caleb, it's that he likes to be done as soon as possible with the exactly. podcast. Yes, it's very true. Yes, and the and Simplecast is the full width layout. I hate full width layouts for anything, period. Uh-huh. But this one is particularly it's bad. frustrating. It just feels like you can't see anything. Yeah. And you have like Oh my god. Your Kayla. vision is constrained. Did I already and like complain you have to about like, my, look like where's the button for the thing? Did I already complain about my mortgage servicer's new website on this podcast? Are we finished complaining about Simplecast? Uh no, not quite. Um, 
in addition to Let's all finish of our symbol cast back in addition first. to no. all of this they now like you're always in context of one show or another mm. when you see everything and and so like there's like a drop down at the top where like you change which show you're controlling yeah um and it's like super bad and weird like that's the only other complaint i have yeah honestly and so like transistor like there's not a oh link to the shows page yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. Is like you have to just Everything like use this drop like down that. to navigate shows. It feels way too like blown out context. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh. Yeah, I have no and idea. So where transistor. I, like honestly, what I want is what I want is just like some breadcrumbs at the top of the page that show me like where I am in a tree navigation. I don't even need that. Yeah, but like, but yeah. If you're gonna put like me with old simple casters, you're gonna put me like, like four pages deep into something. At least give me okay, some breadcrumbs gotcha. and a tree navigation, and like navigate sure. it in a traditionally understandable way with like a collapsing navigation uh, with sub navigations on the sidebar. Yeah. yeah, that's how people navigate complicated websites. If you're gonna make this website complicated, navigate it in a traditional way. But mm -hmm. no, we're going to make it complicated and invent a whole new navigation paradigm that you've never seen before. And you'll have no fucking clue where you are at any given point. Anyway, that's all I have. Yeah. Now I'm done. It's like this, uh, like I could see the meeting where like they think it's an improvement because they watch something about like designing by like based on experience. Like don't just design things where like every page and feature, put it on a list in the left and then have the main body on the right. Like no, design your thing based on the ex the actual flows and experiences of the user their use case so like what's the primary use case looking at analytics so why don't we just show them all that and then you know what an looking at analytics is not the primary use case. it's not though. at that's all but thing. i just said that because that's the first thing they show upload a podcast and Uploading walk away a freaking podcast yeah. yeah and like you don't do that so uh but anyway so i think this is a testament to like i'm even thinking about this with the live wire docs like i think i think this is how the live wire docs go wrong a little bit that i'm going to try to do right on the Alpine docs yeah. and then the library docs is like in reality, when I'm going to the docs for, to look for something, the docs, if they were written in such a way that is written for somebody to consume and understand, like if you write your documentation so that it's almost like a huge blog post where you're like a huge tutorial that like introduces one thing at a time so that nothing like references something in a different order. Like it, it's, it makes sense for if somebody's reading it as a comprehensive piece but really, it's when you're coming to the documentation, to, like quickly get to the piece of information you need. Yes. And the thing you most know about what you need to know is the API it's related to. Yeah. So like you want, but really you should be looking for like, oh, how does wire model something work? So you want a little link that shows wire colon model, Caleb, not something that says data binding. Can I tell you, you my know? great success? Um, you know, you ever have something like in your browsing history that comes up as the first result when you start typing something and you don't want it to. Yeah. And you're just waiting for the day when the thing that you want replaces it. Oh yes. And you just try to like vote for it over By, and over. Yeah. And, over. and yeah. I know there is a totally. way to like remove something from you, but that's, this is tailwind UI versus the tailwind docs. I can't get to the normal tailwind docs because of tailwind because anytime UI. I type tail, yep. I get to tailwind UI. So I, if I type V A L. Okay into chrome and press enter i have yep. succeeded in getting to the point where typing val and pressing enter takes me to the available validation rules section of the validation page in the laravel docs 
which is the oh. only thing I ever want when I type VAL, yeah. is a list of the available validation rules. I it's do... the only thing I ever want when going to the Laravel docs. <laughs> Honestly. For sure, it's the only reason I've ever to the Enter. Laravel I am at the available validation rules. No longer will I type VAL, press enter, then scroll down to the place where you click the link that takes you to the available validation yep. rules. Never again. I have solved the problem. I have cracked the case. I can tell you anything you want to know about a validation rule. Dude, that's great. Oh. The um mine that I that I'm always battling with. This is you could tell a lot about about a person by what current, they're battling with with their... Yeah. If if you type in GI. Uh-huh. If you open up Chrome and type GI into Chrome, what does it fill for you? GitHub? Probably. Let's see. Yeah, github.com slash internachi slash dub 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 slash polls. So it takes me to the okay. pull request page. Of you want to know what someone does all day? Type GI yeah. in their browser, what a developer does. Uh-huh. And so right now mine is Livewire, mm-hmm. but at different times it goes back and forth between being Alpine and Livewire. But see, the thing that I was but thinking I, it lags is I know because that you've I also had to... some gastrointestinal issues. So I was wondering whether it would be oh, like, yeah. like a GI doctor GI or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like you just wish that there was an override. Dude, there probably is. There is, but like there is. But it's like a fun little like subtle thing that yeah, like, well, you like, don't acknowledge. And like ninety nine percent of the time the system works as intended and you have the right result. Yeah. So it's like TW. Yeah. Exactly. I don't T-W-N. even need TW, I don't think. Let me see what I I probably don't either, yeah, T, but I, T gets me there, dog. I think I do T W I enter. So here's what but, yeah, T I could does. just type T. If I type T, the first result is Twitter.com. Then it's uh-huh. Internashi. Uh, it's my local dev site, which is www.test. So it's twitter.com. Then it's www.test. Then it's Tailwind CSS. And then it's HTTP tests on the Laravel Docs site. Which is what you want. That's the order I want those things in. Twitter first, then work. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Deke. Um, so, Deke, yeah. we, we have to plug Transistor. Oh, yeah. We have to finish the story and explain that Transistor is everything we wanted out of oh Simplecast. Oh my god, it's so much better. It's fantastic. So and it's a testament to me to like who gives a crap about your SPA? Like Tailwind? Yeah. Sorry. Whatever it's called, Transistor, Transistor has full page loads. Yeah. They're fast as can be. Yeah. Everything is rock solid. Rock solid. Full form submissions. Uh-huh. Rock solid. Rock solid. Like the app is rock solid yeah. and it's fast and usable. It's like, mm. And then like if they wanted to get to a world of SPA, that should be a progressive enhancement from where they are already at. Yeah, totally. Instead of like, like can you yeah, imagine? If you want to make the page loads instant and not show a loading wheel, great, do it. Yeah. Who cares? I don't care at all. It's not going to affect me one tiny bit. Right. But if you want to. Well, I mean, I it will affect you whole... a tiny bit because... <laughs> maybe one you, you like bit. <laughs> to do so little interaction with uploading a podcast like it'd be so good if it like if uploading a podcast was five seconds faster that's better for you it would be like 10 maybe like 40 milliseconds faster sure maybe yeah <laughs> maybe 100 milliseconds faster. so if you type tr right now what happens probably transistor yeah but like oh, so t tr is trello i get dashboard.transistor.fm so what I need to get to is dashboard.transistor.fm slash shows slash no plans to merge slash episodes slash new. That's where you want to oh, get. Oh, word, word, So word, that you word, can just word. type TR and be there. 
Dude, look at that URL. It's so well-formed. It's such a good URL, dude. It's just like Transistor was just written by... I mean, I know yeah, like the people, fella people who, who wrote it. Psychopaths. Yeah. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Houston Yaxon? No, no, no. His partner. Oh, Jan? I don't want to suggest Houston that Justin didn't write it, but yeah, John Buddha. Jan Yuda? Or John Buddha? John Buddha. Brudda. But, uh, but yeah, like... Yeah, no, dude, it's, it's, it's so tight. Here's the thing about like bootstrap sasses, and this is this is something they never tell you in business school. Um, you would think the fact that all these companies have like all this VC money to send on spend on programmers and designers and product managers and user experience testers and analytics people and you know growth hackers and all of this stuff, you would think that all of those things would lead them to create a better product when in fact it leads them to the valley of the shadow of death Mm. from whence are birthed terrible products. And it's just like, that's the thing is like Simplecast was good. And then they got a bunch of money to spend on making it better and they made it worse. That's exactly what happened. You know why transistor is good? Because a person with feelings and empathy in their heart built it right yep. simplecast the current iteration of simplecast was not built by a person with feelings and empathy in their heart it was built by a system and a machine right the machine of growth hacking and analytics and conversions and ad sales and all of this this machine built this website and that's why it's a shitty bad website because machines don't have empathy and i do so i want to interact with the website in the way that someone who like uses websites sometimes like thought this would be a good website right and i'm not like opposed to this whole thing of like oh you should like design by measuring right like this whole like sort of google design sprints book style of things where it's like okay like have a use like user testing and like watch a user use the website and see what they have trouble with sure do that but like you have to start from like a sane baseline where it's like, I am a person with a heart and fingers who uses the internet with my heart and fingers all day. And like, I just have to assume that other people's hearts and fingers operate kind of like mine, you know? And that's just the, you just have to start with that assumption. Right. And then if, if like down the line, you're proven that in specific ways, your hearts and fingers are unique and that like most people's heart and fingers don't work like yours, then fine, make some changes, right? But start with the baseline of like my heart and fingers. How do I want to upload a podcast? And this is this is what you get. You get a good product that's good and it's slowly eating away at the market share of Simplecast. Despite all of their VC funding and all of their best efforts, they're going to get crushed. Slowly, their margins are just going to decrease and decrease as like a little simple app like Transistor just starts eating the customers who get run away from Simplecast in disgust because the thing that used to be good is no longer good. Yep. And then at some point, Justin's going to sell Transistor. New team's going to come in. It's going to go to They're going to get three, $3 million then, to hire yep, a growth And then hacker. we're going to have to... Yeah, some private equity to switch firm again. Gonna, yeah, exactly. Just like Bear Metrics, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. Thing? Dude, did you see that whole thing with like canceling your yeah. account? Yeah. Boy, oh boy. It's it's funny to like witness as a person who's young, you know, like I feel like I, you know, like older people have all this knowledge that I don't have yet about the way of the world and how like, 
how things go up and come down, like how gravity works, yep. you know, and how something like Barometrics, which is like, you know, Josh Pigford, awesome creator Spigford. person who I would just put right in the category of awesome, like young creator people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then sells his thing. Great. Buyout. Awesome. Like congrats on your, your three money, million bucks like, or whatever. Yeah. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, he's replying to somebody else complaining about Barometrics being like, yeah, that sucks, dude. Like, it's like, whoa, crazy how this is. But this is how it works. This is how it works. And yeah. it, I think you see it with, I mean, you see it with every, I think, I think it's also like on a really macro scale, just a very natural, like, um, you know, when you have like, like if you have like a heater, like a Bunsen burner under like a, like water how like the hot water will rise up, but then it'll cool down and then the, that cool water will be heating mm-hmm, up. So it mm-hmm. just is this like, sur- it's just like that. It's like, you know, the thing goes up with ideals and heart and soul. Yeah. And then the money happens and then the big boys get it. And then it comes down with, uh, you know. Well, and this is the thing. And like the, the ultimate thing that I think is really important. And like Justin actually just tweeted something about this today or yesterday where he was like, this is the exact type of thing that makes me not want to talk to investors. And it was like the barometrics thing. No, it was a different thing. He tweeted like a picture of like, a, Oh, a I Google saw that. Form yes. where, where it was like, where did you go to business school? And the options are yeah, like yeah. Columbia, <laughs> Yale, Oxford, you know? And yep. it's like, this will not impact your ability to be funded, but may impact which investors want to talk to you. Yeah. And it was like, boo, get out of here. But like the thing that, like the thing that this reinforces to me and that I think it should reinforce to everybody. And like, if there's one takeaway from this, don't let it be any of the cool stuff I said about like designing with your heart or anything. It should be this venture capitalists and private equity companies are made of evil, bad, horrible people. And if you work for one of them, you should quit because you're a bad person. That's all. Wow. Kevin Rose is, uh, has become a bad person now yeah really yeah yeah yeah. if you become a venture capitalist you're bad wow yeah daniel i know this is really going to hamper my ability to raise funding later in life yeah right (laughs) Uh, um we won't make this one of our like um little yeah we'll make this uh, a patreon episode youtube like video bits you know like our joe rogan yeah, yeah, this won't be one of our one of our promo. This won't clips. be one of those. This will be buried in the three hours. Don't worry, Justin's gonna clip it anyway. Just to... <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, he will clip it. He will. Clip, Justin, clip this. Clip this, Justin. Ah. God. We've been um, going for a minute. Yeah, a couple of them. A couple of them. Should we cut it? Yeah. Well, I mean, do you have anything else to say? Or I don't know. I wouldn't want to cut it for no reason, you know. Yeah. No. No. You're right. You're right. Um, I mean, uh, okay. Like random cool thing I just saw. Uh, so, oh, okay. Let's talk about 3d okay. stuff. 3d. You do any like 3d stuff ever? I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> no, you know, like 3d glasses and stuff. Have I watched like a 3d the movie? Is that what oh, you're asking me? With you. No, no. You ever like done anything with blender or 3ds max or anything like that? Oh yeah. A tiny, tiny bit. So when I was a kid, I was really into star Wars, Jedi Knight two Jedi outcast which was okay, a great it was a great Star Wars video game on the computer that used the Quake 3 engine. Oh. Um okay. And uh I made skins for it. Cool. So like uh there wasn't like a Darth Vader in the game, mm. so I like made a Darth Vader skin for it. So like Cool. How did you make the skin? Uh so I actually found like with a the tool or by hand? 
so I actually found a Darth Vader character model that someone else had made for a different game. Okay. But then I was able to like open it in Blender and then yeah. apply like a skin to the character model and then mm-hmm. export that in a way that I could then import it into my game. And so I personally could play as Darth Vader, Sweet. but like no one else saw me as Darth Vader. Gotcha. Okay. So anyway. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my foray into it was cause I was into like, uh, visual effects and stuff after effects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I got into, um, what's the program, dude, 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 my dude. I mean, I torrented 3ds max, but it was Maya? too hard to learn. No, that was like even harder than 3ds max <laughs> to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, even blender was hard, but this one was like way easier and Cinema 4D. Cinema 4D. You ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it, never used it. So there's this guy, Grayscale Gorilla, who's like the Andrew Kramer is to After Effects, but uh, Cinema 4D. And he's awesome. He's just got tons of videos and you can learn how to build cool stuff. So I did. Anyway, that was my foray into it. I've left it for so long, but now there's this new generation of 3D. Well, one, 3D is now becoming like a trend, mm-hmm. 3D design. And, uh, and now there's this new suite of tools or family of tools that live in the browser like Figma, but for three, but for 3D. Have you oh, seen wow. these at all? No. So there's Vectary, which I think spun around a bit, which honestly feels like very Blender-like in a browser. Okay. So it's very like raw tools, um, but totally powerful. Like you could do so one thing. Anything. One thing that I um, so I actually have this problem with Illustrator too. Mm-hmm. Um, I got very, very good at Photoshop at one point. Like, yep. I know I we the might have the Photoshop same story here. shortcuts and everything. Yeah. And like, I know how everything works. I know all the blend modes on the layers. I know everything. Right. Yep. yep. At least like up to like Photoshop eight or whatever, you know, okay. that's like where I stopped knowing everything. Um, you can get into the creative suites. Well, I mean, I know it's all the same stuff mostly, but I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. there's some new stuff that happened with smart objects that I just have no idea how. Gotcha. It works, sure. Know? Yep. Yes. Okay. Same here. Yeah. But um, Illustrator was always like unintuitive to me. Like, mm. and I could never yep. like do a good job at it. And there were things from Photoshop that felt like they should be an Illustrator that weren't, you know? And so like, I always, I could get stuff done in Illustrator, but I never felt like it was flowing out of me like it was in Photoshop. Yeah. Right. I have the same experience with the the controls for all of these 3D apps feel completely unintuitive to me. And like, I know that people professionally use these programs. And so any program that people use professionally, like the controls are fine tuned and really efficient if you're thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I know like it's for like final cut or premiere or something like, like if you're thinking about it, right. Like, the keyboard shortcuts are where you would want them to be with your fingers being how this is, you know, like for sure. I know that this is like a professional optimized app. I just don't get it. I can't get my mind into the state to like understand what the workflow is supposed to be. You know, the, the real, the there's, I think there's two answers here. The first answer is all of this is a function of time watching YouTube videos where people build stuff and you building the same thing, which I'm sure I think we have the exact same upbringing in the sense where like we did that with signatures, baby. Totally. Yeah. We've (laughs) talked about this. We must've. Okay. Did that. Yeah, man. Forum signatures, those little making them glossy. Oh yeah. dude. With the little like, you know, uh, ellipse that has like the, um, white to transparent gradient 
and then like adding to whatever i was big into those hell yeah yeah dude forum signatures that's fun that'd be fun to dig up some of those oh yeah dude but yeah so like watching people do stuff on photoshop learning the shortcut keys learning how to all the nooks and crannies because you're watching people do like really cool things in really creative ways yeah and then illustrator i never did that i just used it when i needed to get something done it was always like this is like kind of like photoshop but also i don't fundamentally understand like paths right you know so i just feel like wait why can't i do xyz whatever um and now with 3d i think you and i have this similar experience where it's like i i think two answers one i think those tools are overwhelming and unintuitive Mm -hmm. and two i think you're if you just watched a ton of tutorials and worked on it a bunch for two months you'd you think i get into the flow for sure Yeah, yeah but this is the thing that cinema 4d did differently cinema 4d offered more like like here's an example of something i loved about cinema 4d there's this concept of nerbs you're uh, n-u-r-b-s and nerbs are so cool it's like the to me and i look for it in every 3d program and i'm sure something i don't actually know 3d programs but like i was in vectary and i couldn't find anything like nerbs but here's nerbs take a path any path Mm -hmm. and um oh so like the, the one I'm specifically going to talk about is the lathe nerb. So you take a path, like let's say you draw like a, a half, an arc, like mm-hmm. with a path, like a, with a pen tool, like sure. you would in Illustrator or and Photoshop. And then like you a have, lathe, you can like spin it around an axis. And it'll spin and create its 3D shape. object. Yes, the lathe nerb. It's so intuitive. Okay. You could draw this arc and easily make a spindle for a staircase. You can make all sorts of cool things with the lathe nerb. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of different nerbs. What other that, nerbs like, are there? Um, I mean... So cinema. So whether like draw a two D shape path and then it, well, there's extrude. So extrude is that a nerb? No. Um, yeah. So there's nerbs. But can that, you like make a path uh, go along another path? That would be an. I'm like, sure there's stuff like that. Why aren't they just showing me the list of nerbs? But oh, dude, my dude. Anyway, but yeah, Cinema 4D is so much more intuitive and friend. It's basically like, um, okay, there's sweep nerbs. So if you take a circle mm-hmm. and then another path is where you sweep that on mm-hmm. and like you could draw like a snake, you know, yeah, so you, you extrude like, along a path basically. Yes. Um, yeah. There's a ton of these things. There's extrude nerves. There's Bezier nerves. There's loft nerves. There's all this stuff. Um, and you can like nest these things and yeah. Anyway, Cinema 4D was, is awesome and super intuitive. It's basically like if you had to learn sketch, how, how much better sketches than illustrator yeah you know exactly like you could literally look at the icons in sketch to see like oh this is how you make two paths intersect each other you know like so anyway so spline is a new one that just came out Mm -hmm. that people are really into that you're probably going to see that's online just like figma spline yep and these things are cool i started converting the liveware logo to 3d you can literally like drag the svg from sketch and just drop it in here and then you can just hit extrude and then add like a bevel and now you have like the body of a jellyfish in 3d that's that cool. you can light and everything that's the workflow right there that i was missing when i first did 3d svg build stuff in bevel. sketch yeah and then drag it into and use that as the baseline to work for from. your stuff yeah, yeah. you know that's don't smart. just like start from scratch that's and, smart yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 3d program um one thing i want to talk about uh very briefly just as this is like a teaser for what's hopefully going to happen soon i think i am going to 
tear VS Code down to bare metal and build it back again. Um, what do you mean, like all my like plugins, rid- all yeah. my configurations, all my keyboard shortcuts? I'm getting rid of everything. I'm going with a fresh install of VS Code and building it back mm-hmm. up from scratch. Something's wrong. A few things are wrong, and I'm having such a hard time identifying them. And like, I've disabled a bunch of plugins because like I had to to get something to work. And then now other things aren't working. It's really bad. Um, and like, it's because it's been years of just like building up configuration in this app and mm-hmm. like plugins updating behind the scenes and all this other stuff. And like, just I'm feeling really unsettled in my VS Code environment right now. Um, yeah. And I don't like it at all. A nice thing, an easy thing you could do so that you don't end up like in a position where you committed bankruptcy. But like now you actually need to get some work done that day, you know, and you didn't take the chance to. Yeah. So you can back up the, the, configs. the insiders build. What's the insiders? Build? But like the, the pure, like, honestly, the, the way that you're going to have the easiest time is the uh, VS Code insiders build, which is just another like, you know, DMG or whatever that you can download. That's the it's basically like the um, like Chrome Canary type thing. Oh, like it's okay, a, gotcha. Yeah, it's the like the latest release, um, but it, it exists. Everything about it exists separately in parallel. In parallel, so you start from a pure oh, blank. Oh, so, I, so could, I could build up my new config on the insiders build, yes. and that way I don't have to mess with my old config. Yes. Okay, that's a good. Call. That's what I did for the VS Code course. I first started by creating different users on my Mac, mm-hmm. but like that's, setting up a new user yes, to like it was ridiculous. So I just used the insiders build as the the playground to start from a pure place and like practice. Like, okay, if I install insiders, can I use my book to make a really nice VS Code experience? Yeah. You know, so you should do that. Cool. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I'm probably going to steal some things from your from your course, but I am, for the most part, like, I'm going hyper-minimal here. And when I mean hyper-minimal, I don't mean, like, I want minimal things on screen, like what you did yeah, I get you. with hyper-minimal. I mean, like, I'm going to modify default VS Code as little as possible. Ew. Um there, I mean, I mean, I, there I feel are certain you in things, terms of like there are certain things. I'm that way with extensions. That's what like I mean. I, it's I, like as few extensions as possible, and like yeah. really digging into like one thing I haven't done a lot of is like digging into the configuration options of the extensions. Like often, yeah. I'm just installing an extension for one thing, but there's a bunch of other shit that rides along with it. Sure. And now I have all these new snippets that I don't want because like I like Laravel IntelliFence or whatever that gives me this like really useful like bindings also gives me all these weird blade snippets that I don't want, you know, yeah, just stuff like that. Dude. Yeah. I don't, I have no Laravel specific extensions because, Oh, it's so nice though in certain contexts. Be- yeah. But it's not worth it to me in the context where it, well, and that's, is so that's, I think what I'm driving at is like, I need to figure out which of these plugins that I'm using are actually yeah. good. Um, cause right. There's things that I know that I have that are not default, but I don't know which of yeah. my plugins gives them to me. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know which plugin I'm For getting sure. this from. So like, I don't at this point have a clean mapping of like which benefits I'm getting from which plugins anymore. Yeah. So I need to like burn it down and start over and add things one by one. And I think I'm at a point where I'm actually willing to say like, if there's a benefit I would get from a plugin and that plugin is open source, and I don't want the rest of that plugin, I'm going to create a bespoke version of that plugin for myself that just doesn't have the stuff I don't want. Just like Good for you. Rip. Horrible idea. Really? Good for you. <laughs> no, I mean, 
in the sense that when uh well first VS Code's Code plugin updates. API is yeah. terrible. Like it's the worst developing experience ever in terms of documentation. Sure, but if I'm just removing um, features from an open source plugin, that shouldn't be you'll, that you'll get trapped, I guarantee you. Think? But but go for it. Because you're a hacker. You yeah, can yeah. do it. Um but the other problem is when it, there's an update and you have to update the thing and then you have to re bundle your thing. It's like and publish it. It's just not a great experience. Um yeah, but I mean, you could try it. But really, Decol, I applaud and acknowledge the want to do something from scratch on your own. I get it. I I feel the same way. But just know, that you made a good course about it, and I've spent already a bought lot of freaking I already time. Bought the course too, like I already. <laughs> so well, here's I've the read thing. a lot of it, and I've talked to you about it. Like, don't even don't even worry about like be, to to reduce the mental overhead for you. Mm-hmm. This is what I need you to at least promise me you'll do this part. Yes open the settings file mm-hmm. open my settings file that's it and like, browse around uh key bindings file would be a bonus but I, well, literally already, th- so there are things that i that are non-negotiable for me and many of them are key bindings that i got from you before you made a course yeah right okay so like those key bindings are non-negotiable for me those are coming with me for sure yeah. Um, these this settings file and key bindings file there's doc blocks for every section the like the lines are like every line is shorter than the one before it like it's it's like good a files. lot of care yeah went into those files so at least reference them because you might be like oh sick this whole block is just for this thing yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and they're they're very lightweight like really it's a lightweight experience cool. but anyway but yeah anyway um I think my main problems are not the problems that you address in your course. Although like, so I think most of the settings from your course are generally what I want, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. My particular thing is like having to do with like PHP and Laravel stuff right now. Like, yeah, that's the place where everything's And I'm basically like do IntelliFence and, and the importer plugin and then nothing else. (laughs) But there's other stuff. (laughs) It's all just going to, yeah anyway it's it's a whole thing like i want there are snippets i want and there's snippets i sort of at this point depend on with muscle memory okay um you can always create your own snippets i know but i have these snippets and like when i type when i want to make a new public function i type fun and press enter right yeah and it does public function but it has like it has tab points at public yeah the name of the function the arguments and then there's like a slash slash code that is in the middle of it i don't know what plugin is giving me the snippet but i've had it for a long time and it's muscle memory now i know how many tab points there are i know where they are make the snippet yourself So i'm going to that's the thing this is like this is these are the types of things where i'm like okay i need to figure out what it is that I depend on yeah, from these yes, plugins. Yeah, no, I get Extract you. the things that I can do myself so that I can get rid of all these plugins. I wonder if fun is just part of IntelliFence. Like if I'm in a PHP file. Type fun and tab. And I'm in there and then I do fun. Ha! Yeah. Is that just IntelliFence? Yeah, I use Met, which is my own version of it. But uh, that's basically the same thing. Same tab points except for public. I don't have a tab point on public. Oh. Cool. Um, but... So for more of your helpfulness, if you care, although it's not hard, I do include my snippets file in the course, cool. which has the function snippet. So you can like just copy and paste it and then there's the tab mm-hmm. points and then now you know how to add tabs, yep. points, places, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting, fun. Yeah, the only bummer about fun um, 
is having it's it's awkward to just type fun because you have to move your first finger from the u to the n where met is a three finger for three one finger per letter oh interesting yeah yeah. so fun's pretty awkward but makes a lot more sense than met yeah that is maybe fn fn enter would be pretty good yeah fn would be great yeah there's a i'm trying to think what else because there's other things that i find like really awkward that i hate because of that multiple letters per finger mm-hmm. sequence thing well you should this is uh this is the whole reason for colmac the keyboard layout oh <laughs> like the whole concept of colmac is like never heard of that so there's you know of... dvorak right yeah. So like Colmac is like better than Dvorak in theory. Um and Colmac <laughs> the whole concept of Colmac is that like they take um consonant or like common like letter sequences yeah. that are in the English language and they put them on separate hands. So that you're always going left hand right hand left hand right hand left hand right hand left hand right hand as you type. So like E and R should be on separate hands or at least separate fingers, you know, stuff like that. Or like ST. Oh, dude, that's insane. So like the whole concept of Colmac is like uh, favor the dominant fingers for the dominant letters and then okay. favor alternating hands as much as possible and then alternating fingers when you can't alternate hands. Interesting. Where do you get to... How do I say Colmac? M-A-K. Okay. M-A-K. So, all right. Colmac... And now, dude, so there's this website called monkeytype.com. And so now I have it set to Colmac. Oh, so only, oh, no, it's giving me all reds. I don't even know what the keyboard layout is. But anyway, that would be a fun, ridiculous challenge just for fun. What is monkeytype.com? So you just select any keyboard layout and then it's like a type trainer, but for that layout. You know, but dude, that's really interesting. Oh, Ah, I don't know. Are you, would you ever consider a different layout? I'd consider it all day. I would never do it. Okay. Okay, fair. I've considered it a lot. I know a lot about keyboard layouts because I've I've almost switched a million times. Mm-hmm. But if there's one thing I know about myself, it's that I will ultimately break and go back. And then I'll just be worse at typing oh. than I already was. Okay. You know? I feel like I feel like you'd adopt it, but then you would just be garbage on every computer you don't own. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe I'd get there, but like, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, did you see? Um, there's a new like Ergodox style keyboard, the Moonlander. Yes, dude, Moonlander. I've been jonesing on. That I Moonlander. think I might buy one, dude. Do it. It looks really nice. Do the it. Moonlander, baby. Yeah, doesn't it look so nice? And this freaking website, man. It's incredible. Oh, these guys are great. Did you see their... Uh, they put out a... Um, I didn't see shit what about is it? shit. Okay, th- so the the guys behind Ergodocs mm-hmm. put out a product for the New Year's, for the new year. Mm-hmm. It's called the Habit Rod or something, like whatever. The Habit Stick, uh-huh. I think. And it's like they hyped it like an actual product and they have a page just like the new the Moonlander. Uh-huh. Um, so if we search Ergo Docs Habit 
I'm just gonna okay the habit stick yeah it was on hacker news and everything so um getting started with your oh so anyway i don't know if you can get to the actual page because it's so new yeah i'm looking at it okay so super funny they have this whole like product launch for a habit stick and they hype it like you know you don't even know what it is you think it's like maybe some electronic thing that has like accelerometers and Mm -hmm. junk to be awesome and then eventually the basically the whole thing is like a guide how to build your own take a pencil cut out a notch in the middle put keyboard key o-rings on the left Mm -hmm. and then carry it around in your pocket and every time you know whatever and so or you could buy our milled aluminum habit stick that has these features that's like you know i don't oh know i just so love you just like move an o-ring from one side to the other when you do a habit exactly yeah that's funny every day you have your habit stick and so and i think it's like a stick per thing so it's like this is like your eat salads habit stick and like and then they're willing to yes we can make you a fancy one yep that's great isn't that hilarious yeah. But the whole product like leads you through this whole experience before you realize it's, it's just, just a pencil, pencil with a slot. Pants on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have like a really great collection of key switches right now. Okay. Um, like I have some amazing key switches that I like bought in like limited time releases that like you can't buy right now. Yeah. And I've got them right now put into a keyboard that I've been trying to build a config for like occasionally every once in a while for a while but then monday comes around and the config isn't finished and i switch back to my old keyboard right and like one of these days i'll get it but like it's pretty complicated it's a pretty complicated qmk config that i'm working on um and so my thinking is that's a hot swappable pcb the moonlander has hot swappable pcb i should Mm -hmm. just get a moonlander without key switches and pop these key switches in here Cause I don't want, I don't want like cherry blues or cherry browns. Um, I have these holy pandas sitting right here. Um, and so I'll get the holy pandas and I will put them in the moon lander and then I will have a sick keyboard. Sweet. So that's my Get thinking. it. I want to know the review so that I can get it if it's good and not. If yeah. It's yeah. It looks awesome. It looks amazing. It's great. Daniel, I'm tired and hungry. Me too, dude. So. Let's just freaking cue the outro. We don't have outro music to play for YouTube. Very quick thing. I'm not even going to say anything past this. Don't respond or the podcast will be longer. Um, I went to the dentist. They did some work. They put a temporary crown on. My temporary crown mysteriously disappeared. Must have gotten stuck in some Now you have to look through your poop every day. And I ate it. I ate my temporary crown. For three yeah. days, I called the dentist. They were like, oh, don't worry about it. Coming on Thursday. For three days, my my mouth hurt so bad. If I drank anything, if I did anything, I had massive pain from my tooth because temperature sensitivity, because it's just like a raw yeah, exposed yeah. tooth. But they're like, mm. you got to keep it brushed. So I have to like brush this. Ah, yeah. An open wound. Extreme pain. Um, went back Bummer. to the dentist Dude, I don't even on think Thursday. About that. Got a new temporary crown on. Been drinking water like a boss. It feels great. Nice. Yeah. Full crown coming February 2nd. Did you see the crown in your stool? No. I don't check my stool that hard. You need to. Mm. You know? This is a funny story. My brother... So I I inhaled a thumbtack when I was a kid. (laughs) 
and uh and it got really close to my lung pass my brother we had bunk beds he dropped a thumbtack whatever yeah i inhaled it and and it was in my lung passage whatever i was in the hospital there was tubes and doctors and surgery and days and whatever a week later my brother swallowed a quarter but he thought it was like a dime or something my dad having just been in the hospital for days with me was so angry he whipped his sunglasses at the car seat and broke the sunglasses on like a cushioned car seat um and and my brother was like i swallowed a think it was like a penny or whatever and so went to the doctors we were on our way somewhere got an x-ray and the doctor puts a uh puts a penny on the on the little white blob in the x-ray in his like stomach and is like that's a quarter and so he swallowed a quarter which is kind of a feat reason i'm telling you this he had to thereafter put stick straws together and just to like you know like make like a long like straw stick and like roll his poop around in the toilet every day to see if he could find the quarter why (laughs) for like snacks at school or something (laughs) Just to, no, just because they like wanted to know if it came out or not. Yes, they just wanted to know, and he never found it. Damn. So to this day, if you he jumps, probably, you can hear a little jingle. Yeah, he jingles. That's <laughs> funny. I feel like you could get like a cheap metal detector, and that would be better than having to stick straws in your poop. Like, just give it a quick wave. I mean, it didn't like stick it in the poop. Just like it just like pushed them to roll them oh, around in the water. You know. Mm-hmm. So to this day, he he still searches. With straws, <laughs> you might walk in and be like, "I told you to not." <laughs> You're just sitting there with straws. Gross. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Um, that's all. Uh, I know you told me not to respond, you, but I, and yet, yet you did. And yet I did. Uh. Hey, so I'm gonna cue the outro music, and you sing the outro music because right, YouTube doesn't have the. Okay. okay. Cue the outro music now.